All right, we are back in action. It has been more than a hot minute. I don't even know when the last episode went out, but I assure all of our listeners, whatever ones are still left, what loyal <laughs> listeners we have after that long hiatus, that we are back in action with the one and only Kyle Kirkwood tonight. How are you doing tonight, buddy? Skinner. <laughs> What's up, buddy? How you doing, man? Oh, we're we're getting there. Uh, it's gonna be uh, like we were saying <laughs> off air. Let's see if we remember how to do this podcasting here. It's but, gonna be a little rough. It's gonna be a yeah. little rough, but you know, bear with us. It's like riding a bull. It's really aggressive for the first like eight <laughs> seconds, and then it's just who knows what's gonna happen after that. <laughs> Things will calm down after the, <laughs> the air horn goes off and the clowns start running out. Exactly. Barrels, right? Exactly. It's fine. We're fine. Yeah. Yeah. And we figured, you know what, we might as well touch base now because there's a little event that hardly anyone watches coming up this weekend here, also yeah. known as Super Bowl 57 between oh. the Kansas City Chiefs and my beloved Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> I, was, I was just going to say, I thought it was the Westminster Dog Show, but yeah, yeah, the Super Bowl is happening this weekend too. That's good. Yeah, also going on there. So <laughs> we, we, they, they had, the, before we even get to the game, I don't know if you saw some of these media availabilities because uh, as Draymond Green will call it, it's it's the new media now. And apparently they're all just, you know, bitching and moaning about how oh, they're credentialing everyone for Super Bowl weekend. It's nothing but podcasters, this, that, and the other. But all that to say, there were some pretty interesting questions getting floated out there. Did you see like a couple of them that got floated out to Sirianni as far as, uh, hey, do you think this is a must-win game? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that, but yeah, I wouldn't put it past a lot of these idiots that are on press row. It's their first time, you know, again, most have been working out of their mom's basement for the last three years. So first time out of the house, it gets them, uh, gets them some recognition, but... Um, the one thing I did see, because obviously, as we were talking about off air, you know, my job's taken up a lot of my time. My family takes up a lot of my time. I don't have time to do anything that I actually, you know, want to watch on TV, you know, do anything for myself. It's mostly just all dedicated. So, you know, I haven't really been following a whole lot of it. But I did see something today where there was a reporter who was talking to Jalen Hurts and he said, uh, I'm not going to lie to you, Jalen. Um, I definitely didn't think that I'd be seeing you as a starting quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles in a Super Bowl. And, you know, and again, great response saying, yeah, you're not the only one. And then the guy goes on to say, well, I just want to apologize to you man to man. Like, I, I mean, admirable, yeah, admirable. But at the end of the day, why would you even say that in the first place? Because, I mean, you and I have talked about Jalen Hurts since he was drafted, right? And, I mean, I know you, my brother, a lot of the Philadelphia fans that I know, you've always had a little bit of, he's really good, but there's just that one thing missing. And I think this is the year that really kind of showed everybody what type of quarterback Jalen Hurts you know, can be and what he will be for the next, you know, however long um, of his career. But, again, I think that there's such a big chip on Jalen Hurts' shoulder throughout his whole career. Because you look at, you know, what he's gone through. You know, starting quarterback as a freshman at Alabama. Wins the national championship. When he's a junior, he gets beat out by another freshman. Yeah. Right? And then he basically takes over the national championship game. Transfers to Oklahoma. Reinvents himself as a quarterback because, again... He was a runner when he was at Alabama. Yeah. Now, you know, he actually refines his passing skills, allows him to become a second-round pick in the NFL. And I think he's living up to all the promise that he's shown along the way. So, um, but, but that right there is kind of the epitome of the relationship between Philadelphia and Jalen Hurts, is that Jalen Hurts is great. You love what he's on. But there's always something that's really holding you back from jumping all into a he's the next coming of Randall Cunningham or even going back to the old, you know, the Ron Jaworski days when when he was, you know, the Just. running the ship and <laughs> exactly running the ship in the 70s and 80s. So um anyway, I, I'm happy for him. I, I really am, and I'm glad that he's showing everybody exactly the type of quarterback that uh, that he can be. Yeah. Uh, I, I loved his response after he said, uh, oh, yeah, no, uh, apologize, man to man. Just looked at me and went, cool. 
<laughs> and then it was on to the next question. <laughs> well, I mean, like, what do you want him to say? Yeah. Well, thank you so much. You know, that means a lot to me. It's just like, all right, well, you counted me out back then. You know, come on up I'm here, doing... buddy. Here, come on, let's talk it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're believing in me now that I've actually made a Super Bowl in my third year. Yeah, cool. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, but uh, it really is something that I think a, a lot of fans around the league ha- have taken a while to wrap their heads around. Chief among them, Philadelphia Eagles fans, because my my friend Devin and I, we literally have had this conversation several times. Where throughout this year, I've been texting him like, "You a believer yet?" And he's like, "I don't know. You believer yet?" I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, I, I as soon as they finally committed to him full time after yes. it was the will they won't they you know are they going to flirt with the free agent name oh let's try and trade for russell wilson like that whole saga <laughs> unfolded once they yeah. committed to him i was like all right i'm, I'm all in i'm going to see what they can do because guess what you know at the end of the day if we end up moving on from him it's not the end of the world he's playing on a peanut salary because not only is he on a rookie deal he's on a second round rookie deal as yep. well too so uh, i mean I, amazing I, how that happens they eh? were these successful teams they're able to build a really you know, competitive team when their quarterback isn't making $45 million a year. Yeah. Insane. All of the four (laughs) teams that were in the conference championships, three of them on rookie deals. And then Patrick Mahomes, who's just the best quarterback in the league. So like you either need to have an absolutely elite talent at quarterback or a rookie deal. These people who are trying to talk themselves into let's go sign Derek Carr. I can tell you what you're going to do. <laughs> Best case scenario, you're a first round exit in the playoffs. Like, how have we not learned our lesson from this here? Right? Like, it, it's, yeah. it boggles my mind what some of these front offices go out there and do, really, with these mid tier quarterbacks because their ceiling puts you at what? Great. We went 10 and seven and then bowed out in the first round of the playoffs. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well be, because as, as you've seen i mean this is sports in general it's not necessarily the best guy who gets the best contract it's the next guy who gets the best contract so i mean we've talked about it on our podcast many a time you know, you and i have talked about it but you know your favorite team other than the philadelphia eagles in your division oh, um you know dallas really kind of set the bar you know with giving Dak Prescott the massive contract that he got. And then you see what he's been able to return to them, which is absolutely zero. Yeah. Right. I mean, how many playoff wins since he signed that contract? <laughs> right. And a, a bit a, no, nothing. It's a big goose egg. No, and they beat Tom Brady this year. Well, that's right. That's right. Yes. That was the one playoff win. Okay. I don't count that one though, because I mean, the guy's 52 <laughs> years old. He's already checked out. He's on the golf course already. Taking um, underwear selfies and posting them exactly, on media. exactly. He's, he's exactly. Yeah, yeah, he's checked out. But I mean, you know, the, the stat that was astounding to me was the four highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL didn't make the playoffs. Yeah. Right. So I mean, that just kind of shows that it's like a goalie in hockey, right? You pay your goalie twelve, fifteen million dollars a year because yeah, he's the best thing. You know, he he does everything for us. He sets the tone. He kind of, you know, organizes what our team does. Okay, but are you able to pay the defenseman in front of him? No. You know, like <laughs> the, the, the thing that I, I always looked at was you look at these quarterbacks who are making $40 million a year, and in Aaron Rodgers' case, $50 million a year. How much do you think his offensive line's making in front of him? Well, we, we've already seen <laughs> how him taking that much money resulted in his favorite target leaving town right there's real world repercussions to this Aaron. i can't believe we i can't believe we can't pay Devontae adams 20 million dollars a year weird but uh yeah i I mean there's something to be said about that but you know going back to the original point the fact that you're able to build such a competitive roster around young quarterbacks who exceed expectations i mean one you need a lot of luck but then two you also need to have the ability to bring in somebody who's going to fit well with your system, right? Mm-hmm. Philadelphia's done a great job at you know immersing Jalen Hurts into that offense and kind of expanding on his skill set. They're not coaching him to be in their system. They're coaching their system to play around him, which yeah. is exactly what you need to do. You know, Kansas City is Kansas City. Andy Reid is going to get the most out of any one of his players. Just lucky enough that Patrick Mahomes, you know, has lived up to the billing of you know being a top 10 pick um 
yeah, and I mean, then you look at you know a lot of the other teams that are around the league. They're only going to be successful if their quarterbacks exceed what they want them to do. I mean, you're looking at it with Jacksonville this year. The reason why Jacksonville was able to do what they were able to do is because Trevor Lawrence, even if he only played one good half of football in their playoff game against the Chargers, he showed exactly why you drafted first overall. Yeah. Right? The Chargers, they're reliant on their quarterback, Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert doesn't play very well, or if they keep him off the field, guess what? They're not going to win. Right? So – it's very important that everyone understands that if you really want to build a competitive football team in the NFL or the CFL for that matter, you need to be able to one, keep the cost control down when it comes to your quarterback spend. And then two, with the money you're saving from that, you can go out and, you know, get a better offensive line, get more receivers and running backs to build around that. And then ultimately fill out your defense to a point of, well, if we don't have to rely on our quarterback to throw it 60 times a game, then we're probably going to be in good shape. Yeah. Well, I've got the perfect tie into that, but because we brought up the Dallas Cowboys here, I've got to drop this absolute web gem here, which is a real quote. Jerry Jones speaking about that. Oh, here we go. Playoff victory. (laughs) Quote. I'm proud of that win. I'm going to hold that Tampa Bay win up just like I did that Herschel Walker ball when we won one game the first year, and that was my prize. So we're proud of that win. Brady has been outstanding. Yeah, good for you. Good for you, Jerry Jones. (laughs) You know what? This is music to my ears. Extend Dak. Keep McCarthy around. You know what? Let's just keep running it back here in the NFC East. I love it. It's it's, it's just... Chef's yeah. kiss to everyone else who is not a Dallas Cowboys fan's ears. Well, I, I was just going to say, I mean, you look at what Dallas is doing, and then you look at the other three teams in that division, right, on how they're kind of building their rosters. Philadelphia's obviously figured it out. They're doing a great job. We've covered that. The Giants, I think the surprise team of the NFL this year. But you think about what they did when they came in. Coach and general manager on the same page, bringing in – the right pieces at the right time and working and building around some of the, you know, lower performing players like a Daniel Jones and maximizing his skill set. The giants are actually, you know, in line to be fairly good for the next little while because of the way that they set up this year. Mm -hmm. Right. And then Washington, look, yes, they missed the playoffs. Yes. They're always a middling franchise, but you ask any team that plays Washington, they're going to tell you like Washington's one of the harder performing teams every week you know regardless of who they have at quarterback Carson Wentz Taylor Heineke you know and obviously they've got uh, Sam Howell who showed fairly well in his last couple of games in the season you know that's a franchise that if they can figure out that quarterback spot they're going to be you know in line to make some of those uh, damaging wins that the Giants were able to pull out this year for sure yeah so Getting back to my point before, I, I had to needle our uh, famous Starling <laughs> fans of the show. Jalen Hurts, obviously going to go out there, compete in the Super Bowl. Let's just say, for the sake of argument here, he wins the Super Bowl. There's mm-hmm. already rumors that the Eagles want to get an immediate contract extension done. If he is mm-hmm. fresh off winning the Super Bowl, what do you value him at? Because the whole reason that they want to sign him quickly is because there's yeah. a whole slew of quarterbacks who are due for new contracts this offseason. And same thing, they want him to be the first one to get it done. So that, okay, yeah, it's probably going to be maybe a bit of an overpay compared to what he is right now. But guess what? If we wait until some of these other contracts come through, we might be adding a few zeros to the end of this Yeah, year. Yeah, and I mean, it's kind of in the same boat of what Baltimore was in the situation last year, right? Yeah. Do you... you Put the contract in front of Lamar Jackson to say, yes, we want to lock you up right now. Or do you wait and kind of say, we really need you, but let's just see how the season plays out because if you know something happens and then one of our other quarterbacks can show that they can do it, your value kind of either stays level or goes down a bit. Well, Baltimore kind of did themselves a disservice because you see what happens to Baltimore when you know Lamar Jackson is not <laughs> in the game. Um, as Yeah, know, they, they a have sto- a Pro Bowl quarterback. <laughs> Yeah, which again we can touch on what a joke that is, but um, but anyways, I mean you see the impact that Lamar Jackson has on that franchise because they put all their eggs in that basket. 
Philadelphia's not necessarily in that boat because, as we're mentioning, they've been able to build a strong roster around it. So I think there's a lot of things that will come into play. From Philadelphia's side, where do you really draw the line of where's our break-even point? Because, as we mentioned you know, a couple years ago, they were in salary cap hell yeah. because of all the guaranteed money that they had committed to people. Now, restructuring, as we mentioned, is kicking the can down the road. So they're probably not going to be in the best financial situation for the next two or three years because of all the maneuvering they've had to do over the last couple of years to get out of where they were. But that being said, you know, even when you look at a contract like a Patrick Mahomes signed with Kansas City, it's very team friendly because there's oh only God. a specific give give them a couple of years. Patrick Mahomes is going to be criminally underpaid in this hundred percent, hundred percent. But no, but but that's the thing. The, the way that it was structured is that one, obviously, you exceed the you know the number of years that's usually the norm for the max, right? Yeah. But then two, there's so much flexibility, and if you have a good capologist, you can really play some unique games with the salary cap. So with Patrick Mahomes, every year on paper, it looks like he's making 38 to $44 million every year. Cool. But in reality, when you look at where they're able to kind of move this chunk of money over to guaranteed money and then this over to a signing bonus and then to, you know, to and fro, it really comes out to only being about 15 to $16 million of actual cap space. Right. So if you have an owner who's willing to cut those checks every year to say, yeah, guarantee that money right out of the gate you can actually be really flexible with what you do. So I think if Philadelphia takes that approach, they can get Jalen Hurts locked up to a very long-term deal. The only thing that I know a lot of teams are wary of is the running quarterbacks and their injury risk. Yeah. Right? So do you want to you know commit that much money to a quarterback you know, for eight, ten years? Or do you want to do a bridge deal to say, let's lock you up for four if you're okay you know, signing for four, but then at the end of it, if you exceed that, you're in line for a bigger payday, right? So I I think if you look at it, you know, the comparable for a skill set is Dak Prescott. But Jalen Hurts has far exceeded everything that Dak Prescott has been able to do. So Dak Prescott makes $40 million a year. I don't think that that's an unreasonable request coming from Jalen Hurts' camp saying, well, I've made the playoffs twice. I've won a few playoff games. I've now made a Super Bowl. And if you look at my numbers, I was in the MVP running until I got hurt. Yeah. Right. So I would say, you know, if I'm the GM of Philadelphia, which again, we, we won't go into Howie, uh, Howie Roseman's on again, off again relationship with the Philadelphia fan base. <laughs> he's on right now. He's, he's on, on right good now. Terms. Exactly. Last on year, last year, I'm not yeah. going to talk about where yeah. it was he, with him last year. He's on a heater right now, but I would probably say if you were to come in to Jalen Hurts's camp and say, you know, four-year deal with a fifth-year option. We're going to average, you know, $41 million a year. So it puts you above where the Dak Prescott's of the world are. I think that's where you can kind of meet that mid-ground. I mean, $40 million is still a hell of a lot of money. But that's where I think you can really get into that. Look, we're committing to you long-term. You're going to be our quarterback for the next five years. And then if all goes well and you're still around after the next five years, then we can do it again. Right. So I think if that kind of happens, both sides should be very happy with the way that, you know, they can move forward together. Yeah. And that's sort of where I'm following it on this spectrum here as well too. Right. Is I've essentially heard two numbers get floated out there. It's that, okay. Hertz's camp is probably going to ask for around 50 because that's, you know, salary cap just went up, you know, opening bargain, yada, yada. Right. Eagles are probably going to come in somewhere around whatever, 38 to 40. They'll probably end up meeting in the middle and I'm all right with that. If you, if we say whatever, 45, nice round number, but as you said, it's the term that is more important to me than what that number actually looks like. Because even if, again, if we're playing out the scenario that the Eagles go and they win the Super Bowl and now Hertz has even more bargaining power, because not only is he, have I made the Super Bowl, (laughs) I've won a Super Bowl, right? Yeah. So he's kind of got him over a barrel there, but, the other side of the coin of if they end up pulling it off is they've got a pretty veteran laden team 
right? So you could be having quite a few players who are making decent chunks of change riding off into the sunset. And now, right, you've suddenly got some of this cap space getting freed up again, right? Who knows what will happen with a Jason Kelsey? Who knows what will happen with a Fletcher Cox, a Brandon Graham, that sort of thing? Do they go out on top? Do they run it back? Who knows, right? So again, it, it really does come down to the term for me more so than what that number looks like, especially given the fact that, hey, guess what? Salary cap went up this year and they just announced it today. Fox sold every single one of their Super Bowl spots for $7 million a pop for a 30 second ad, which is a yeah, Super Bowl record. And <laughs> right. So, like, the NFL would literally have to shoot someone in broad daylight and they would still probably be making money <laughs> at, at that point. Like, it's a bulletproof league. So yeah. I only see that number going up and up. So again, I don't see a need to go out there and sign a Patrick Mahomes-esque 8, 10, 12, crazy something year deal. Let's just get them four or five years, right? 45 million yeah. plus the difference, move on. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. But uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, the offseason is obviously very interesting uh, in the NFL. It's covered just as much as the actual season is now. So um yeah, I mean, there's some interesting names on there. But the good thing is, is that the aforementioned Lamar Jackson will be the bell of the ball, so to speak, right? That's going to be the name on everyone's mouth. Philadelphia can kind of sneak under the radar if they want to lock up Jalen Hurts to a long-term deal and not have it be very public, which yeah. is obviously best-case scenario for both sides. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so let's focus on the game itself here. Let's do it. Of the three storylines that are dominating headlines, which is your favorite so far? The Andy Reid Bowl, the Kelsey Bowl, or the first two black quarterbacks competing in a Super Bowl? Which which one is the one that has caught your fancy the most? Um, two of them, really, uh, that are kind of fun because, you know, obviously what Andy Reid was able to do in Philadelphia was kind of unprecedented. And now he's done the same thing, but better in Kansas City. So that's really cool. Yeah, he actually won there. Been- <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But I mean, like you look at what Philadelphia did. I mean, they were kind of like the Buffalo Bills of the 1990s, right? You know, you make it there every year and it's like, well, them again. It's like, well, no one's beating them. You know, they're they're obviously a really good franchise. It's just you just don't have, you know, the right team or the right time. Like you got to think like they're playing against some of the better teams in modern history during that time. Right. Like the Patriots, they're playing against, you know, the Packers or Brett Favre was still kind of rolling strong in there. The Bucs Um, when they won their first, the Bucs exactly loaded and a hundred percent. So, I mean, like it's just all circumstantial, but now you look at what he did with Kansas city. I mean, the guy is obviously going to go down as one of the best coaches in NFL history. And I think with his personality, it just fits that that much better because he's just such a you know lovable guy you know he's a meme worthy type guy the players love him the fans love him um so that one's really cool but you know the kelsey bowl obviously is, is really captivating because they're both just such great personalities they both just play off of you know one another very well with their new podcast as well as whenever you see them out you know doing events and whatnot um but yeah, like it's it's really cool. I mean, you you posted a pretty good uh, a pretty good article about you know the um, you know their mom being you know with the, what was it a uh, yeah D- Donna uh, is uh, there. There's fans officially petitioning the NFL petition, to have yeah. her do the ceremonial opening yeah. coin toss, and it's over like a hundred and some odd thousand yeah. signatures on it. And- and I mean, like that, that, that would be such a cool moment to have both of them out there doing the coin flip with, you know, with their mom. Cause like probably first time in history that brothers have played against each other. Right. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, all three storylines are really good. I mean, you know, Jalen hurts and Patrick Mahomes doing something that's never been done before. Um, the Kelsey brothers doing something that's never been done before. And Andy Reid doing something that's never been done before with having both of the teams that he's kind of built, um, you know, representing in the Super Bowl. So very good storylines. I mean, this is kind of one of these Super Bowls where it's like, unless you're a fan of either team, this is just an exciting game because there's so many things that are happening. Both teams are very likable. And when you look at them on paper, have you seen how identical they are in regards to the record, points scored, points again? Like, 
it's literally identical literally same identical. amount of points scored same record overall yeah. number one seeds both their quarterbacks were mvp five like it, the list goes on and on they, it's, they it's each wild. have a kelsey yeah each have a kelsey brother they've each been coached by andy reed like yeah it's it's insane but anyways there's so many good storylines this is just such an exciting super bowl to watch i mean the last few whatever i mean who got excited about the Bengals and rams last year Nobody, because the halftime show was really the attraction for everybody, yeah. right? You know, you look at the year before that, whatever, Tampa Bay, Kansas City. Tom Brady is in it again. Great. Wonderful. Um, so, I mean, this is one where I think it kind of brings out the the modern fan who isn't really, a you know, an avid fan. Yeah. They're just there to kind of watch the game and take in the whole moment for what it is which is what you want. Like you want to bring in all people from all demographics when it comes to this. So um, yeah, overall, all three of them are good, but yeah, I think if I were to pick one, the the Kelsey brother one is probably the coolest thing to me. Yeah, absolutely. And it's the same thing for me too. It's the Kelsey bowl by a country mile for me simply because of their personalities, right? It's not just, Oh, cool. Two brothers are playing against each other. It's like, it's two people. (laughs) that you would actually want to sit down and have a beer with, right? Like yeah. they've got personality and they've got a little bit of cachet to them and whatnot. So uh, to me, it's absolutely them for sure. And, you know, if you look at some of the other storylines at play here too, right? The other big one kind of is to me, you know, we, we can get into his health a little bit later here, but just in Patrick Mahomes, just in general, right? If he goes out and loses, right? Now we're starting to, let's say he doesn't make a Super Bowl for another couple of years. It doesn't matter that you've been there a bunch of times. If he gets 10 years into his career and he's only won one, based on the talent that he is, like I don't think you'd be hard-pressed to find someone who doesn't agree that Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league. But if you get 10 years into a career and you've only got one championship to show for it, do we now start shifting our focus from like the chosen one to he's kind of a little bit underperforming, (laughs) right? Like weird as it might sound. Yeah. I I don't, I wouldn't put it in that category because obviously he's been doing things that no one else has done in the first, you know, um, how long has he been in the league now? Five years. Um, Like he's, he's doing things that no one else has done. And I mean, you got to put what he's done into perspective he hasn't been a starter his entire career. And you look at the numbers he's put up and he's still exceeding all of these things. So, um, you know, he's just a fun player to watch. And I mean, the fact that he's been able to have as much success as he has, it's obviously, you know, working with Andy Reid, being around, you know, other really talented players. But I think it's one of these, you know, situations where he kind of falls in the Peyton Manning type of scenario, right? You look at him for the talent that he is. You don't necessarily look at him for the record that he has. Because, I mean, this is the argument that happens with basketball all the time with LeBron James. Well, how many times has he been in the finals? How many times has he won? Look, can we not just appreciate the guy for being, you know, the highest scoring player in NBA history, exceeding all expectations, even though they were sky high when he came into the league? Like, it's the same thing for Mahomes. No, you know, we can't take... do that because then you wouldn't have any podcasts or Stephen A. Smith yelling at the camera for five hours a day on ESPN. Yeah, exactly. But you know, I think people just need to take a you know take a step back and just enjoy talent when they see it. And Patrick Mahomes is talent. You know, you take away all the the off field stuff with his wife and his brother and uh, his, uh... his 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 you know. And, and his drunk dad last week, you know, smoking a, a cigar on the on the field after the victory, like, you know, that type of stuff. You take all that away, you just look at what he's been able to do, you know, for that franchise. And you ask any Kansas City fan, they would not trade him for anything. So, um, yeah, I mean, he makes a few Super Bowls. He wins one or two. At the end of the day, that's still success to me. Jim Kelly's still a Hall of Famer, never won a Super Bowl, right? Dan Marino is still a Hall of Famer, never won a Super Bowl. John Elway would have been a Hall of Famer even if he didn't win those Super Bowls. Brett Favre only won one. Aaron Rodgers only won one. You know, like, we don't want to put these unrealistic expectations on a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes because, one, he's already won a Super Bowl, and, two, he's breaking records. He's doing things that no quarterback has done, so... Um, I would say that although you're right in that people are going to do that, 
personally, I think that I just enjoy watching good football, and he's the definition of good football. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But well, let's play devil's advocate. <laughs> but <right? laughs> that that being said, Kyle, <laughs> you gotta go to the good cop, bad cop routine. Yeah, every absolutely, right? <laughs> absolutely. Right. Uh, uh, that's why I'm making a Patrick Mahomes esque salary on the Dine Sports podcast <laughs> here to talk to you. Former good cop, I... bad cop. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm making a Jackson Mahomes type salary being on the show. <laughs> oh, good lord! Yeah, but so the the other side of the coin here really is though, because I actually did the numbers. If he wins this Super Bowl, Patrick okay. Mahomes would now be if you just extrapolate the the pattern of him winning, it would be word. at that is a big word, especially for this late at night. <laughs> he would be at six Super Bowls by his age 39 season. So now we're in Brady territory. Because like uh, like you said, the records he's breaking, the stuff that he's doing, it's going to be him and Brady that are compared for the rest of their careers, right? And Brady's yep. not going to have all those, you know, single season maybe records, even though he, he owns a lot of them right now. But uh, I, I think longevity that's what he's constantly going to be chasing very much like how LeBron is constantly chasing Jordan. Right. And very much how yep. Wilt was always chasing Russell. Right. So it's always going to have the two of them linked. So that that's why I bring it up because there's that weird dichotomy of, even though he's so early in his career, man, you're you're just going through the whole thesaurus tonight with with, with your uh, words. Man. I'm going I'm going down the rabbit hole here. I'm, fi- I'm fired up. I've got half caffeine, half alcohol. It's a weird blend in me right now. Words are coming out of the ether. So, but it, oh, it, it really does it. come down to that, right? Like because you yeah. you and I both know how the sports media narrative works. If he loses, it's now oh. You're Peyton Manning, right? You're gonna have yeah. all all the individual records, but the championships aren't gonna be there. If he wins, now it's oh, he's on track. He could catch Brady. He could do this, right? And yeah. and it is all gonna come down to this weekend. So that, that's why I bring it up here because yeah. whether yeah. you like it or not, even though his legacy will be written years from now, everyone's gonna assume that his legacy gets written this Sunday. Yeah, hundred percent. No, and I mean it's. It is what makes sports very interesting because a lot of these things come down to the what if, you know, what if he wins, what if he loses? And um, yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, when you're great, you're critiqued more and that's what comes with being great. So um, it's a good thing, you know, in my eyes that, you know, he's being scrutinized even before anything's even happened. Like Jalen Hurts is being scrutinized saying, well, he can't win the big game. Like he's just a system quarterback. who's you know, benefited from being on great teams his whole life. Well, I mean, there's something to be said about that, but there's also something to be said about, there's also been a lot of great quarterbacks who were part of great teams that, <laughs> that didn't make a Super Bowl, nice. <laughs> didn't do any half the things that Jalen Hurts are doing. And then Patrick Mahomes, you know, like, you know, like you're just alluding to, what if he loses? What if he doesn't win, you know, all these Super Bowls? Is he going to be as great as Brady if he doesn't get those Super Bowls? You know, that's that's what makes sports talk as interesting as it does because there's always a differing opinion on all these great things. But again, you know, for me, where I've kind of found my solace when I watch sports is just enjoying, you know, good sports. And I mean, it's very few and far between, like we mentioned before, being able to watch sports in general, watch anything that we want to watch. Um, so whenever you're able to do that and kind of enjoy it in the moment, again, for me, that's what that's what I take from it. So I don't have to be a Stephen A. Smith or a Skip Bayless and just hate my life if I don't have anything to, to hate. Yeah. So you're saying that uh, Paw Patrol doesn't have a Super Bowl special <laughs> coming on that you can watch this weekend? There, pa- pa- Paw Patrol is out of the house right now. Oh! Which, uh, yeah, yeah, they're out, the girls are off of Paw Patrol. And they're moving into some some good, you know, some better things. I was I almost said gooder. Um, <laughs> we're using big words in here. I'm sorry. Yeah, like slack jaw, slack local. We've got a sliding scale of words we're using tonight, yeah. right now. Yeah. But uh, no, the girls are actually getting into like Super Mario and Scooby Doo and things of that nature. So I mean, it's actually making for better moments for my wife and I to actually sit down and watch something with them whenever they do want to watch something. So um, yeah, that's a, that's a mean, big win the, right there. When, it is a big the, win when the girls finally moved on from the Wiggles. It was one of oh, the happier yeah. moments of their childhood yeah. that I can yeah. distinctly remember. Yeah, yeah, definitely. 
definitely. But uh, yeah, be that as it may, I just uh, I enjoy watching watching good sports. Yeah. So if we get a little bit more into the nitty gritty of the game here. Obviously, we've got talent across the board at mm-hmm. just about every skill position, even in defensively, which, I mean, Kansas City doesn't get their their due uh, for what they do on that side of the ball because most of the focus, and rightly so, goes to Patrick Mahomes and the things that he does on the offensive right. side of the ball. So it's not like we've got, uh, you know, a glaring weakness in any particular area. Mm-hmm. So as I was watching the AFC championship unfold because obviously AFC championship happened after the Eagles had already beaten the 49ers. So I knew we were in. So now it becomes a, all right, we're there. Who do I we're, rather we're play? There. Yeah, we're there. <laughs> we made it, <laughs> but who, who would we rather play? And I yeah. flip flopped between it so many times. And ultimately what I settled on in the moment was, all right, you know what? Joe Burrow, he's got Mixon, he's got Higgins. At the time, before he got injured, he had Boyd, he's got Jamar, like he's got a lot of weapons. Yeah. Can I get a semi-hobbled Patrick Mahomes and they just double, you know, Kelsey all game? Like, all right, I'll take my chances with Valdez, Scantling, and all of that. Yeah. Now it's the Super Bowl, and it looks like Mahomes has flown over to Germany three times and gotten God knows what stem cells put into it because I've never seen a high ankle sprain recover in the manner that it has for him. But And now I'm thinking, like, what the hell have I signed myself up for? I have to go against Patrick Mahomes. So, uh, like, let me put it to you this way here. is Who would you have rather have faced, given those two options, the Bengals or at the time, a hobbled Mahomes who now seems to be completely 100% back to health. Yeah. I mean, when you look at, you know, the the two teams coming out of the AFC, there's a couple of factors that you take into account whenever you're looking as an opponent. So, one, coaching, right? Would you rather face Zach Taylor or Andy Reid? Personally, I'd rather face Zach Taylor. Because even Can though I take Andy Reid in an NFC championship game, because <laughs> I know who I would pick right yeah. there. <laughs> say NFC championship. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, when you look at it, Zach Taylor's obviously shown that he's you know he's meant for a head coaching role. Like he's turned the Bengals around when he's taken over. But I mean, you give Andy Reid two weeks to prep for you, especially when he knows the intricacies of the ins and outs of that franchise. And that that's a pretty scary scenario, especially when you've got a veteran team like Kansas City who's been there before. So I take that into account. So I think from that perspective, Steve Spagnolo, one of the best defensive coordinators in the game, you look at those two, give them a, an extra week to prep. That's a pretty scary scenario for any team to go against. So coaching, I would say I'd rather take the Bengals. You look at pure talent on both sides of the ball. I look at offense, right? If I'm a Philadelphia fan, I'm actually not scared that much of Cincinnati's offense because one, what's the best thing that your defense does? Get after the quarterback and when Get you got three out of five <laughs> starting linemen down, yeah. hundred percent. You look at the Super Bowl between Tampa Bay and Kansas City when Kansas City had a makeshift offensive line. Didn't matter how good Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, didn't matter how good they were because he didn't have any time to throw. Mm-hmm. So I mean, if you set up, if you set up your defense to own, and like Hassan Reddick is playing out of his absolute mind right now, no. so you line him up against any second string tackle in the league, he's gonna eat them for breakfast, right? So I think that would not put a lot of fear in my heart if I was, you know, a fan of the Philadelphia Eagles playing Cincinnati. On the other hand, when you look at that stacked you know, skill position set that they have. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Joe Burrow can throw for 400 yards any game. Yeah. Jamar Chase can, you know, catch for 100 yards and a touchdown. T. Higgins can catch for 100 yards and a touchdown. And then if you take away those three guys, well, Hayden Hurst has been a pretty good fourth option. And then you look at their backfield with Mixon and Pirine, pretty good duo. Yeah. So, I mean, from that perspective, Yes. But then you look at it from the other side. Philadelphia's offense is chugging along. They're a very ball-control, heavy offense, which is what you want in playoff football time. Cincinnati's defense struggles against that type of football, right? So if I were to look at it on the surface, I even looked at offensive versus defensive. I give Philadelphia the edge on both sides. So 
I actually probably would have wanted to play Cincinnati as opposed to Kansas City. Because Kansas City, again, their defense is, you know, sneaky good. Their offense is, you know, obviously better than people gave them credit for, even, you know, when they lost a guy like Tyree Kill. Um, because, again, their offensive line's good. Their run game is decent. Their passing game is phenomenal. Their defense is good. So, yeah, I, I mean, as a Philadelphia fan, I think that you probably would have been better suited to play a team like Cincinnati because they were, you know, lining up to be a perfect matchup for you guys. Now, who knows? Well, that's not what I wanted to hear. <laughs> <laughs> Why couldn't Jacksonville have just gotten it done? Like, my God. I know I know what I'm getting with Doug Peterson there. So. Yeah. Why did they have to why did they have to spot all those teams 30 points before they actually started playing? Oh my lord. But yeah, it, it, it's an interesting matchup stylistically for sure, because I mean, Nicole Hardman just went on injured reserve this week. So even if you go beyond Travis Kelsey, right? Now they've got one less weapon out there. Mm-hmm. Is MVS really going to instill fear in my heart? Not really. Right. Is Juju going to instill fear in my heart? Not really. Right. It's, and now you've got Clyde Edwards Alaire who's been activated, but like for the love of God, give him the ball because he's so fumble prone. I would love it if he, <laughs> yeah. he saw multiple touches that game, but I think it's probably going to be mostly Pacheco that we end up yeah. seeing there. Right. So there, there's such a, a strange matchup because of the fact that. This ankle, it, it all it could take is one weird tweak from a Hassan Reddick, from a Fletcher Cox, from a Brandon Graham. Like you, you name, pick your poison here along the defensive line, and suddenly he's not mobile. That's something that I, that I can take, right? Like a Patrick Mahomes yeah. that can't extend plays with his legs is a much less imposing Patrick Mahomes than one that's going to scramble and really get it done on the ground with his feet. So. Yeah. I don't know. It's uh, It's been something that's been gnawing away at me for a few weeks now here. I'm like, <laughs> who should I have actually been cheering for to yeah. emerge from that AFC match? And, and this is the problem when you have a week, you know, in between the NFC and AFC championship games and then the Super Bowl. It gives fans too much time to think. Yeah. It's just like when you're evaluating, you know, a player going into a draft. If you evaluate it for too long, you're going to overthink it and make the wrong decision. So just look at it on the surface. Philadelphia is pretty much matchup proof. They play very well against everybody, um, especially when the other team they're playing against is a good football team. That's when they play their best football. So, yeah. you know, I, I'd look at what Philadelphia does well, and I'd be very confident if I'm a Philadelphia fan going into this weekend. Well, apparently it doesn't even matter. The the outcome of the game is determined at the coin toss because the team (laughs) that has won the toss has lost the game every single year going back to 2013. So we we can just skip that. We can just see whether it's heads or tails and just go from there, right? Yeah, and and, I mean, Arian Foster spilled the tea on, you know, the scripts being written already. So who knows who's got that script? Um, You know, we might have a moonlight situation where – you know, one team is supposed to win, but then they got the wrong, you know, card. And um, anyways, that's another ball of wax that we can tackle because that was one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard anyone say. <laughs> well, it's not even so much the fact that he said it because like, when was the last time you heard Arian Foster's name? Like the, there's True. a reason why he said it. It's not that hard to de- decipher why he would bring that up and launch that into the, uh, you know, world here. But yeah. it's the amount of absolute two IQ morons out there who have latched <laughs> onto this. And it's the same people <laughs> who are thinking that Bill Gates invented, you know, COVID and that all the vaccines were actually 5G microchips. And it's just like, oh, my God, can we just put them on an ice raft and send them into the ocean here? <laughs> like, it, it's unbelievable the amount of people that caught on to that and caught yeah. on to the Demar Hamlin has actually been cloned and died on the field and he hasn't made a public statement. And it's just like. All right. Yeah. You're done. You're done. You're not allowed media anymore. You, no TV, no internet, no self, nothing. You're cut off. Go live in the woods. Put a tinfoil hat on you. Yeah. That's when you get the, the old uh, Billy Madison 
a principal quote. Everything you said was gibberish. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to what you just said. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. <laughs> oh my God! And, and that's really all the airtime we need to even devote to that. Because uh, yeah, that's my God. These, these people just—you know—there's there's a special special padded <laughs> room with their name on it somewhere mm-hmm. in this world. But anyways, get, getting back to the actual game, <laughs> the, the game script, if you will, here. So. You head into this game, and obviously the line is a very fluid uh, thing right now, to the point where a lot of Vegas insiders are actually saying that, you know what, they're kind of trying to juice, you know, where the money is going right now, because they feel like by the time kickoff comes around, it'll probably be closer to a pick'em game than Philadelphia currently being favored. So if you were handicapping this game, like what would you set the Kyle Kirkwood casino line at here heading into Super Bowl 57. I hate when you do this. I, I really hate when you do this because you give me I... an exact number. <laughs> Don't speak in vague terms <laughs> on the record. We'll cut it out as a specific sound bite and put it on social media. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think that you're going to be looking at a, but see, this is the tough part because on paper, this looks like a very high scoring affair. Yeah. Right. Both teams are very high scoring. The offensive output's very, very strong, but both defenses are capable of playing very, very well and shutting down the offenses, you know, strengths from, uh, from kickoff to, um, to the final whistle. So I will say that you're probably looking at a line of like high fifties, low sixties, and I think in regards to where you're looking at a point spread, I think you have to give Philadelphia the edge, but you're probably looking at like a one and a half to a two and a half spread being put out there leading into the game. Like I think the Mahomes injury that really affects the spread. Is he 70%? Is he 90%? Is he 40%? So I think, you know, you go with the high fifties, low sixties line, and then you go with, a, you know, one and a half, two and a half spread for Philadelphia. I think that's where most sports books are going to end up in regards to, you know, putting the wagers on the game. Yeah. Square in the Vegas zone, just absolutely screwing with us here. <laughs> <laughs> can't, can't give us quite the field goal, but yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Right. And, you know, it, it does really come down to how healthy is Patrick Mahomes? How much of a yep. cyborg really is this guy? Because if he goes out there and throws for 350 yards and three touchdowns, picks up another MVP, like either the Kansas City Chiefs lied <laughs> or like there should be case studies done on the medical marvel that yeah. is like he was crediting his physiotherapist there earlier in this week and she her name was making the rounds of the social media circles that was what i was fucking looking up there but uh, <laughs> and i couldn't find it <laughs> but like honest to god like there, there's something fishy going on here because if he is a hundred percent healthy then how can the league who is literally just raking in money from all of these gambling websites and whatnot. You know, it's the same thing as falsely disclosing injuries. Like they're, they're <laughs> juicing lines here. So that, 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 that's where, again, Roger Goodell isn't going to give two shits about it. So there's nothing that's ever actually going to be done. But just as an outside person who happens to sprinkle some cash on sporting events from time to time, that yeah. would piss me off to no end, right? <laughs> like it, it would be the equivalent of like, all right, tonight in the Ottawa Senators game, it could be a starting goaltender. It could be the junior B player from <laughs> Renfrew that we called up in nets. We don't know, right? Like, shout out, sh- shout out to Renfrew. Yeah, shout out the, to Renfrew. The, the, the mighty Renfrew Wolves <laughs> junior B club there. So sure. <laughs> Whatever you say, man. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. The yeah, Pilgrims. Go, yes, the yeah, Redford Pilgrims. Yeah, go Wolves. <laughs> <laughs> Who 
are we? The Wildcats. <laughs> Who are we going to beat? The Wildcats. Uh, yeah. This is the time where we go off the rails and don't even finish on the topic that we were speaking about. But please Which continue. brings me to my point. So uh, the onion was on my belt because it was the passion at the time. But it, it, it really does boggle the mind as to what is, what is going on in there. And I would feel much more confident knowing that, hey, guess what? There's a legitimate injury going on here. He's 60% healthy. Let's go. But I, I think there might actually be a degree of gamesmanship going on here because what, what does Kansas City stand to gain from saying that, yeah, he's fully healthy, right? Them planning for him not to be able to move and then suddenly he's scampering around for 70 yards in the Super Bowl, right? Would kind of throw the defense for a bit of a loop there. So it's, yeah, uh, it's, it's fishy. I got a red flag. I've got a star next to it. Exclamation marks, all sorts of stuff going on there. The so, challenge, uh, the challenge flag is coming out from team Skinner. Absolutely. Yeah. I, and I know where it is. I'm like Shanahan who, you know, anytime a wide receiver gets up and immediately starts signaling for hurry up offense, usually a good sign. We should maybe just chuck that little red thing on the field. But hey, you know, that's why I have a podcast and he runs a NFL franchise, I guess. So yeah, there he is. yeah, he uh, he runs an NFL team that uses their six string quarterback, the rare, rare six string quarterback. No. Well, I was hoping Blake Bortles at some point was going to hop into that game, but it wasn't meant to be. Steve Steve Young tweeted in the middle of that game because he was actually doing coverage of it. Boys, I'm warming up in the parking lot. <laughs> you know what's funny is that Steve Young is probably better than half the backup quarterback in the league still. Yeah. <laughs> well, if Tom Brady can still go out there and do it at age 97, you know. Steve Young could probably go out there and at least hand the ball off to someone. Steve Young's, Steve Young's a spry 104. He's yeah. good. There you go. All right. So, prop bet. What song does Rihanna sing first at the Super Bowl halftime show? You know, my wife and I were talking about this tonight, actually. And uh, we were going over the um, the actual prop list of uh, what Vegas is you know predicting is going to be her first song. And you know, I, uh, I I've got it narrowed down to two because I, I you got to think of you know a song that's going to captivate people and get them in the mood, you know, to sit and watch the whole show, right? Because that's the biggest thing. So I think I'm going to go against the grain, and I'm going to say it's either going to be "Stairway to Heaven," uh, yeah, "Stairway <laughs> to Heaven," or "Satisfaction." Um, uh, no, I I think that you're either looking at, um. Ponda replay. Oh, going way back. Yeah, Ponda replay again. You no, know, that's what really launched your career. So why not launch the Super Bowl with her big comeback, playing the song that launched her? Um, or I think you can go and kind of you know again get a little bit more aggressive, get the blood pumping a little bit, you know, with uh, with hard. I think oh. that could be a. Uh, I think that could be a good one too. Uh, uh, for those that are trying to sprinkle anything on umbrella, roll it out. It's not happening. That that that's probably going to be a. That's the closer. Mid, yeah, that, that's that's a mid to late round flyer. Yeah, there. That's and, that's and the he, closer. Yeah, they they've got some equipment going on. There's probably going to be some stuff. You know, some actual umbrellas, maybe some waterworks. <laughs> who knows? Well, because I mean, I think that's when you bring out Jay Z, the big you know final coup de gras like that's the that's how you close the show jay-z works with the nfl he helped book these shows so i mean it's kind of fitting you bring him out for the last song um and you go from there but obviously there would be some you know some issues with that with the you know beyonce and solange drama that happened when you know rihanna was kind of coming through there too so there's a little bit of added uh added attention with something like that so i think that's a good way to go out well let me ask you a question and i want how the turntables how the the turntables based on what you've seen going into this game we've talked about obviously you're a philadelphia fan you know we'll, we'll we'll take that off the table okay as it stands 
what's your prediction? Who's taking the game? And what's the score going to be? Oh, you always do this to me, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> See? See? Yeah. We're, we're, we're playing flip-flop right now. It's like in a job interview when you flip it on the interviewer. Yeah. If you wouldn't mind, I'm actually going to interview you now at this point. <laughs> and I'm sorry, who's this gentleman sitting behind you right now? Hello, Miss Lady. <laughs> All right. If Again, putting fandom aside here at a moment... Like th- there's a reason why Philadelphia is favored even by Vegas, which has an absolute love affair with Patrick Mahomes heading into this game, right? I-, I think if you just look position by position outside of maybe quarterback and tight end and coaching, who would you really <laughs> rank? Uh... Outside of those really important things on a football team. <laughs> special teams we got every position on defense we've got offensive line we've got running back wide receivers like uh, uh, again very important things but you take away those three things and let's call a spade a spade here like it's really yeah they're better than them but it's not like we've got Patrick Mahomes, Jared Goff, right? Like Jalen Hurts is in the MVP conversation. So yeah, there's a drop off, but it's not nearly as big as, you know, some of these other teams at that position. Same thing. You could make the argument there with tight end again, Dallas Goddard isn't going to be setting the world on fire like a Travis Kelsey who can put up 14 catches and 140 yards and two scores, but he's going to go out there and he's going to run effective routes. He's going to block. He's going to chip. He's going to you know do all the things that you want a tight end to do in the modern nfl so again, dallas yeah dallas goddard's the best tight end that people don't know about yeah flies under the radar because yeah. even on his draft day the only thing that everyone talks about is david Akers making the pick <laughs> of him and sticking it to the cowboys fans. <laughs> drafting dallas because they didn't want dallas to actually pick him like in the dallas. ultimate the, ul- <laughs> the ultimate troll move i love it yeah yeah so again, there you go. You got uh, finally someone from Dallas made or uh, a Dallas made the Super Bowl. Yeah, so, exactly. Uh, See, not all bad. Not that bad. And, and again, right? You've got the experience of an Andy Reid over a Nick Sirianni, but uh, uh, you ask any player on that Philadelphia Eagles team, and they would run through a wall for Sirianni. Everyone else in the league can hate him all they want. That's fine. He's not coaching all the other franchises, right? All you care about are the people within your facility. And he clearly has resonated with that city, with that team, the fan base, everything. And outside of really one of the shakiest opening uh, media availabilities in recent memory really has kind of captivated that city and the the real identity that is a philadelphia eagles he gets it right they want to be the bullies they want to intimidate you they don't care that you hate them right like they they know they're obnoxious and they're going to play to that role so again you take those three things yes kansas city is better in those three areas but it's not falling off a cliff from everywhere else you look at every other position maybe i'll give them kicker because butker's got a better leg but literally every other position I would give the advantage to the Eagles. So if I'm looking at offensive line, defensive line, wide receivers, you know, special teams, everything else, like all those things add up and it might not show in the first quarter and might not show in the second quarter, but by, you know, the late stages of the game, that Kansas city offensive line, which is middle of the pack by most advanced metrics here, right. They're, they're going to start slowing down a little bit. And guess what? If you've got now a compromised Patrick Mahomes back there who can't extend plays, a tired offensive line going against literally the best defensive line in the NFL right now, almost setting records here, depends on what they do in the Super Bowl of beating, you know, those mid 80s Bears Super Bowl winning teams for most sacks in a season that adds up. And so I think it's going to be a war of attrition. I would be very shocked if the Eagles were winning by something ridiculous, like 21 to seven at halftime. I think this is going to be something that kind of flips in the second half where the two teams play each other fairly closely in the first half, bit of a feeling out process, kind of one score game heading into halftime. 
And then all these little things, all those little advantages start to actually pay dividends in the second half. And you do see them pull away a little bit. Again, I wouldn't say it's a huge margin. If you want me to put a final score prediction on it, I'll say Eagles 31, KC 24. Patrick Mahomes has a chance to go down and tie things at the end. And either a, some sort of sack on fourth down or interception ceiling thing. It's not just going to be a turnover on downs. I think there'll be some drama to end the game. There you go. Um, yeah, I think anybody who's looking to, you know, forecast what this game is going to go and look at when Philadelphia beat New England in the Super Bowl back in 2018. I think this is going to be a duplicate of that game. I think you're going to have Kansas City coming out strong out of the gate. And I think you're going to have, like you're mentioning, Philadelphia just keep grinding and grinding and grinding until they claw themselves back into a position to ultimately control the clock in the fourth quarter um, and getting to that point where whoever is going to have the ball last is going to win that game. So um, I'm I'm going to say a little bit higher score than you, but along the same lines, I'm going to go 33 to 30. Philadelphia or is it going to come down to a missed field goal or are they not even going to get there I I think when it comes down to it Philadelphia is going to have the ball last and I think Jake Elliott's going to line up the winning field goal and uh, and punch it through okay so we're gonna have a time expired here because last time it it was the Hail Mary to Gronk in the end zone and for a brief moment my heart nearly (laughs) leapt out of my throat because it looks like oh my god the defenders jumped too early and he's just gonna rise above them with his big gronk hands there and haul it in yeah. so uh, yeah. i would i would like to see what the other side of that uh equation looks like there but it, i would be shocked if either way whether casey wins or the eagles win if it's a blowout like i i think no yeah. matter how you stack them up these teams are too solid across the board that no one's going to run away with this here. And so I think you're going to end up getting a fairly close game. So if you are the gambling type and you want to tease something to like a seven and a half point spread, like uh, that that might be your, your safer bet of the night, because I, I don't see this going, uh, you know, a massive 14, 20, 25 point blowout, anything like that. Yeah. No, I, again, I think that both teams just match up too well. I think the coaching staffs have, you know, put themselves in positions to, you know, get the players in positions to make plays. So you never count on a Patrick Mahomes. I think with the way Philadelphia is playing, it's going to be really hard pressed for them to screw up um, and not put up points, right? Yeah. Because that's just what they've shown all year. So um, I think it's going to be a great game. I'm actually really excited to watch it because like I mentioned at the start when we were talking, I'm just a fan of good football. And both these teams play very, very good football. So as a football as a football purist, this is the ideal Super Bowl for me if the Steelers aren't in it, right? Like this is exactctly what you hope for. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm just uh ready to eat myself till I'm sick and uh and watch watch some good ball with uh with the family. Nice. All right, one final question, and then we'll let you get out of here. Picking the Super Bowl MVP and you can't pick the quarterback for either team. Give me one name for each squad of someone not named Patrick Mahomes or Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Uh, Hassan Reddick for uh, for Philadelphia. The way he's playing right now is just unbelievable. And I think that he continues it, especially lining up against Andrew Wiley, who's you know ultimately the weaker link of that Kansas City offensive line. Um, so I think he would be the MVP if you're looking at it from a Philadelphia perspective. And then if you're looking at it from Kansas City, I think it just makes too much sense to not pick him. Um, or sorry, makes too much sense, you know, to you know, to pick him. So I'm going to use my common sense. And Travis Kelsey, um, I think the way that he can take over a game at a position that rarely has seen that type of athleticism, um, he's obviously going to be the guy. You're going to know the ball is going to him. But he just seems to always be in the right place at the right time, especially when it gets into the red zone. So Travis Kelsey's my guy when it comes to KC. Hassan Reddick's my guy when it comes to Philadelphia. 
Those were going to be my two, so thanks. Um, <laughs> well, you should have gone first. <laughs> well, you're the guest. I was being polite. <laughs> Next time I won't have manners. But <laughs> if I'm going to go someone outside of those picks here, I, I'll, I'll flip it. So I'm actually going to go defense on KC. I'm going to go Mr. Defensive Player of the Year finalist. I'm going to go Chris Jones has to have a big game. Yep. If the KC Chiefs are going to do something and it's not Kelsey and it's not Mahomes, I don't see anyone else on the offensive side of the ball lighting it up enough to dislodge a quarterback there. So has to come on the defensive side. I think Chris Jones has a similar or even better performance than he did in the AFC Championship game. And if he does that and it's a close, low-scoring game, right? We've seen it happen before where these defensive yeah. players get tossed a bone. So I'll go with uh, Chris Jones for the Chiefs. And I will go with Miles Sanders, the career renaissance that he has yeah. had after not scoring a touchdown for God knows how many games last year and then even going back into the season before to the season that he's had this year. And again, if the Eagles are in any kind of a position where they do have a lead in the third quarter, they're going to rely on their run game quite a lot. Yeah. And, you know, we're not playing the Giants, so Boston Scott isn't getting the ball. <laughs> and then Kenneth Gainwell had himself a game. He went over 100 yards, but I, I, I think they go with the tried and true veteran here. I think Miles Sanders gets over 100 yards. And who knows, if they get a couple of short yardage situations and he gets two TDs, there you go. All of a sudden, he, he's got himself a case. So I'll go Miles Sanders and Chris Jones for my picks. Fantastic picks. Fantastic picks. And uh, amazing what a contract year will do with running backs weird weird how that <laughs> happens you know you don't have anybody um you know putting up career numbers in a contract year at running back this year at all no, so no, no. <laughs> definitely definitely not saquon barkley either yeah definitely not josh jacobs definitely not miles yeah. sanders definitely not devon singletary um it's uh it's funny funny how that all works out wow all right well Super Bowl Sunday goes down this weekend. Kansas City Chiefs taking on my beloved Philadelphia Eagles. Who knows if the Eagles win the Super Bowl, we'll maybe do another episode right away. If they lose, maybe I need another four months hiatus uh, of mourning. Either way, Kyle, thanks for hopping on. Tell the people that once your life settles down, where they yeah. can listen to you and the rest of your knucklehead crew. Yeah. Well, again, it's uh same type of situation that you find yourself in um, where, you know, things have just gotten in the way, but the front office podcast is still, uh, still around, still kicking. Um, just had to take a little bit of a break from that. But once we're back in the swing of things, find us exclusively at the Dines press box. And uh, again, go listen to some of our archived episodes. We've got some good stuff on there. And uh, who knows, Kyle and I might have something else that uh, we're working on in the back end that uh, would be of interest to anybody listening to this as well. So stay tuned for that. Oh, what a teaser. How can you what not a teaser. tune in for more? 